We want to thank you for joining us. We're grateful that you've come, and uh, we're just looking for God to do a great and wonderful work in your life. Uh, you all know the doxology, right? All right, let's stand and sing it. Uh, this is Thanksgiving month, and being thanks. Yeah, you can stand. No, you can't stand. All right, there we go. <laughs> well, the first row can stand, the back row has to stand. All right, let's sing this song, and uh, then the choir will stand, and they will minister to us. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Father, we come into your presence this morning with thanksgiving. We come grateful for the great salvation which you provided for us. We thank you, Father, for being a great and awesome God, a God who loves us beyond measure, a God who has revealed himself in so many ways. Father, I pray that we this day might glorify your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you're sitting, you're standing. See how that works?
We appreciate that. Now, take your hymn books, turn with me to hymn number 570. Uh, we are gathered together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens his will to make known. The wicked oppressing now cease from distressing. Sing praises to his name. He forgets not his own. Let's stand together. We'll all stand now, and uh, we'll sing this together. <clears throat> Gather together, ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hates will to make known the wicked oppressing, the nice from distressing. Praises to his name, he that's not his own. Be us to guide us, God with us joining, ordaining, maintaining His kingdom divine. So from the beginning, we were winning. Thou, Lord, was that our side, the glory be thine. We all do extol thee, the leader triumphant, and pray that thou still defender will be. Let thy congregation escape tribulation, thy name be ever praised, the Lord make us free. So, a couple of announcements to share with you this morning. Um, first of all, Operation Christmas Child, the deadline is next Sunday for your boxes. So, if you have a box at home that's sitting there and you are waiting until we tell you you're running out of time, you are running out of time. All right, so next Sunday is the cutoff day for those boxes. Please make sure they are brought in um, so that uh, the team is able to get them where they need to go. Um, also next Sunday, the Chubb family will be here. There is a potluck that will follow. You are all invited, but you need to sign up. So please make sure that you go over and sign up. I know Pastor Bob shared last week that we are notorious for waiting until the last minute um, to sign up. So this is not the last minute. 
Um, next Sunday will be the last minute. So if you could go over today and uh, put your name down, your family's name down, if you're going to be staying tomorrow, that would be wonderful. Um, anyone interested in purchasing Christmas poinsettias uh, to be placed in the church during the holiday season, um, please see Deb Markle, and uh, she'll be able to give you some more information about that. Um, youth group tonight at 5 o'clock, prayer meeting at 5.30, and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Gracious God, we are so thankful um, for who you are and, and how you love us. Um, Lord, you love us more than we'll ever know. And Lord, as we enter into this uh, Thanksgiving season, we have um, so much to be thankful for. Um, Father, we are thankful for your love. We are thankful for um, your son that came to die for us. Lord, we are thankful for salvation, forgiveness, mercy. Um, Lord, we're thankful um, just for who you are. And Lord, we ask that today you would continue to minister to our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will sing forever of your love. Come down with my hands to heaven. Shout your praises now. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. I will sing forever of your love. Come down. I once was blind, I could not see, chains of sin had shackled me, but God in heaven heard my plea, Jesus, Jesus rescued me, Jesus, Jesus rescued me, I will sing forever of your love, come down with my hands to heaven, shout your praise. As we sing, I will sing forever. I will sing forever of your love. Come down with my hands through heaven. Shout your praises now. I was lost in darkness when you pulled me out. I will sing forever of your love. Come down. I will sing forever of your love. Come down with my hands through heaven. Shout your praises now. Lost in darkness when you pull me out, I will sing forever of your love. Come down.
from beginning to the end all my life is in your hands this whole world may hold me down but it will never drown you out and I'm not merely
Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me that you continue to speak to us this morning through the message for the father that you have given pastor Bob in Jesus name we pray amen would you take a moment to turn around and greet those around you in Jesus name
I have a thank you note I'd like to read at this time from Melissa McGruther, uh, who turned 40 this week. Well, she mentions it here. I wouldn't have mentioned that, but she mentioned it, <laughs> mentions it in her letter, uh, in her notes. So thank you to everyone that made my 40th birthday uh, extra special with a surprise party. On Wednesday night after Awana, we had a think for Melissa over in the fellowship hall. Thank you for all the cards and gifts I received. I'm truly grateful for my Word of Life Chapel family. Love, Melissa McGruther. So uh, congratulations, uh, hitting the big 4-0, uh, and it's good to have you with us this morning. Keep a couple of these folks in prayer. Uh, Bonnie Bechtel had niece uh, replacement surgery, was really doing well, and then had a little bit of a setback. Um, with uh, a therapy session on Friday. So keep Bonnie in your prayers as well as Dorothea Lebo. Uh, keep her in your prayers as well. Um, she's uh, having a few little complications with some swelling and different things. So keep her uh, before the Lord as well. Uh, continue to pray for Pat Bainey. As uh, many of you have been asking, uh, they have stopped the chemotherapy at this point and uh, trying to keep her comfortable. Um, so keep her in prayer. Who well, else is John Good? Uh, John had gallbladder surgery on Monday, and what was only to take one hour took three hours. And so he's been in intensive care for most of the week, at least up to Thursday. I saw him on Thursday. I'm not sure exactly where he is right now, but uh, you pray for John. Uh, a few uh, glitches there in his life. And Orpha Strawberry, um, she had a tumor removed, and she's home now. Well, actually, she's with relatives until she goes back to her apartment when, she's, uh, gonna, when she does feel well enough. So keep uh, her in prayer in your prayers as well. So Father, we come before the throne of grace once again as uh, we enjoy doing. Lord, it's a place to find help. It's a place to bring our requests. It's a place, Lord, where um, you are... Um, involved and active in our lives as we come into your presence. Uh, we move your hand. Father, we don't manipulate, uh, but we look for you to change things in answer to our prayers. And Lord, we know you do. Somehow, Lord, in the mystery of prayer, we are able to move the hand of the Almighty God. And so, Lord, as we come before you, we come beginning by thanking you for who you are and all of the great and wonderful things you've done. Father, we thank you that you are a sovereign, omnipotent God. With you, all things are possible. Nothing is, is too hard for you. So we know, Lord, that you are that great God in the heavens. And we thank you for salvation. We thank you that it is by grace through faith that we have a relationship with you and that Jesus is the way, the only way into that presence. Now, Father, we do lift before you these folks. We do ask that, Lord, you would heal Bonnie and Dorothea as they're both recovering now from uh, knee replacements. We pray that you might give comfort to Pat. We pray for Chip and family that, uh, Father, you would bring a peace in the midst of them that, that passes all understanding. Father, for John Good, we pray. Uh, Father, we pray that you would help him to be able to get home soon and quickly. We pray for Orpha. Thank you that things are going well, and we continue to pray for her, that she too might be able to leave her relative's home and be able to go back to her apartment and care for herself once again. Father, we thank you that we are able through prayer to bring people before you, to lay our cares before you, to bring our burdens to you, knowing how much you care for us. And Lord, you do. You care for us so much. And we are in your hands. Father, we believe that. We believe that you make no mistakes and nothing comes into the life of a child of God's apart from your permission. Father, we thank you that you're a God who sits on the throne, a God in control of every situation, a God who rules and reigns, 
over the nations of the earth. Father, that brings comfort. It brings comfort to us, knowing who you are. Father, this week there are elections. And again, we know, Lord, all these things are in your hands. That you are the one, Lord, who puts people in positions and removes them. As we read in the Old Testament. Lord, the king's positions were because of you. You remove and replace at will. That's what you do. That's who you are. So we pray that, Lord, as you oversee these elections, that you might put people in the right places, in the right positions. We thank you, too, Lord, for our servicemen and women. As we know, this week is Veterans Day. We thank you, Lord, for those who continue to serve in our congregation, for those, Lord, who have completed their service. We praise you for men and women, Lord, who are willing to sacrifice their time and their lives in order to make our lives a better place. Lord, you are a wonderful God, and we pray your blessing upon this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've come through October, and October is that month where we uh, think about Halloween. Uh, we're not quite to Christmas yet in December, although I've been talking with some this morning already about uh, the services that we're going to have over the Christmas time when the children's program will be, and what the choir will look like. But this is Thanksgiving month. This is November. This is when we um, celebrate that day when family and friends get together around the table. We eat turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and all of those things. You know, Thanksgiving is the hallmark of a Christian. It is God's will for you to be thankful in all circumstances and in every situation. My wife and I, we returned from Williamsburg a week or so ago, and we saw George Washington, and we saw Thomas Jefferson, and George Mason, and James Madison. Of course, they were all interpreters. But did you know that George Washington, he was the one who made the first Thanksgiving Day proclamation? George Washington, who, who set aside a time for prayer and thanksgiving because of the victory over the British and the establishment of a new nation. It was later that Abraham Lincoln set aside the fourth Thursday of every November for prayer and thanksgiving. But we as Christians, we're not to be thankful merely on one day a year. The Bible says that we are to be thankful always and in every situation. The classic passage is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to look at just three verses this morning, although we're going to look at uh, a parable in the book of Luke. But our focus is on just these three verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, starting at verse 16. And Paul writes these words, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's a tall order. That's a tall order. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. So we start with verse 16, rejoice always. You know, people are generally happy on some occasions. You're happy on a birthday, or an anniversary, or away on vacation, or on a hunting trip. There are some occasions when, when we just feel happy. But Christian joy 
is not happiness. Christian joy is not dependent on circumstances. It is consistent. We sing that song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Joy is not dependent upon those things that are outside. There's something deep in the heart of a Christian that is able to rejoice always. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. James tells us in the first chapter of his book, consider it all joy. When you face trials of many different kinds. And Peter says this in his book. But rejoice that you participated in the sufferings of Christ. The point is, is that we are to find joy in every situation and at all times. Now, no one's happy when they're sick. No one's happy when they're in a car accident, uh, no one's very happy if they lose a job. But Paul said rejoice in the Lord. We often try to find joy in the wrong things or the wrong people. We're to rejoice in our relationship with Christ. We're to rejoice in the fact that God loves us. We're to rejoice in that we are part of the very family of God, that he cares for us, that he provides for us, that he makes no mistakes and has everything under control. We rejoice because we're in his hands. We're more than conquerors through him who has loved us. We can trust him. We know that all things work together for good. We rejoice in him that's why we rejoice always because he is consistent our relationship it doesn't ever change we're always in his presence he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us it's not just those occasional experiences in which we find joy but we rejoice in the good the bad and yes even the ugly there's a song, and I'm not sure we have all the video taking place right now, do we? Uh, there's a song, I'm trading my sorrows, and I'm not going to be able to see it, so I'm not, I don't know the lyric. There it is. Magic. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord of the Lord. Christian joy is not dependent on circumstances. Christian joy is based upon a relationship that we have with the God of the universe. And so Paul writes, rejoice always. Not just here or there, but we are to rejoice always. And then he says in verse 17, pray continually. Be consistent in your prayer. Praying continually is so important. To have that attitude through the, through the day in the presence of God himself. Does that mean we're to be on our knees 24-7? I doubt it. Turn, if you would, please, to Luke. This is the other passage I said we would look at. But Jesus, he gives us a parable. A parable is simply a story that can relate to everyone. Uh, we can relate to these stories that Jesus tells. And it's an earthly story, as someone said, with a heavenly meaning. Uh, it goes beyond just the story or the surface. But there's a deeper meaning that is trying to be explained through pictures and so Jesus, be, or we begin this way in Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus, he told his disciples a parable. 
Why? Well, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, this is why the parable. This is why the story. Jesus wants to give a story to show them that they should always be praying and never give up. This is what he said. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Or one translation says, or wear me out. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Some parables are parables of comparison, where the parable will compare one person to another or one thing to another. Other parables are parables of contrast, and this is one of those. We're not saying that God is like the unjust or uncaring judge. That's not what's being said here. That's who he was. That's who this judge was. And he looks at this widow as a bother, as someone who just kept coming to him and pleading with him. And in order to get her off his back, he gave in. How much more will God answer our prayers when we come to him day and night? The point Jesus is making is always pray and never give up. In the margin of my Bible, not this one, but the one I have in my office, right here at this parable, I have the letters P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Don't stop. Peace we often forfeit all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I like fishing shows. It's probably not a surprise to you, but uh, when fishing season is uh, in place on TV or on the Outdoor Channel, there's a lot of fishing shows. and um, There's tournaments and instructional um, shows. Uh, but I, was, I can remember watching one time this Bass Masters tournament. And there's a professional bass fisherman, a little bit unlike most of the bass fishermen on TV. His name is Mike Iconelli. He's a younger fellow, very animated. Uh, he shouts, he yells, he screams, he does all those things out in his boat. And so one day he's losing this tournament, and then he catches this great fish, and he shouts at the top of his lungs, never quit, never give up. That's what Jesus is saying. As you pray, don't quit until God answers your prayer. See, we stop too soon. We get discouraged after a week or a month. And we say, well, I guess God's not going to answer. Well, he will. Now, if God says no, you might as well stop praying. If God says yes, you already got your answer. Sometimes God just says not right now, we're going to just wait a while. And so you keep praying and you were to pray always and never give up. That's this parable. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, you know, we're not on our knees 24-7. That would be utterly impossible. We're studying in the Sunday school the man Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a great man who God is going to use. I say is going to use. He already has used him. Uh, but in our studies, we haven't gotten there yet. To build the wall of Jerusalem. And in chapter 1, 
Nehemiah has a very long and eloquent prayer. And he begins by acknowledging the sovereignty of God, that God is a great and he's an awesome God. And then he moves into the confession of sins. And then at the end of this prayer, he finally says, now God, this is what I'm asking you to do. But then we come to chapter 2. And he's standing in the presence of the king, Artaxerxes. And if you know anything about kings in, this, in those days, you don't just barge right into the presence of the king. Unless you're invited by the king, you go to the king on your own, and that's a death warrant. And now he finds himself in the very presence of the king. And the Bible says he was afraid. And before he asked a favor of the king, the Bible says, I prayed. It doesn't even mention the words he used. We don't read like in chapter 1, this long, eloquent prayer. All we know is that he prayed. Have you ever been in a situation like that? A panic situation where you're just not even sure what to say? You don't have time for a five-minute prayer. Peter, when he saw the waves and the storm and was sinking, Lord, save me. Those SOS prayers, those emergency prayers. And sometimes you can be dead silent because God knows exactly what you're facing. To pray without ceasing or to pray continually means to have that constant attitude of prayer that constant awareness through the day of the very presence of God that consistent communication with the Almighty never stop praying taking hold of God in the midst of every circumstance connecting with God building that relationship with God communicating with God, listening to what God has to say. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress and grief. My soul has often found relief and oft escape this tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. What a wonderful place to come into the very presence of God. So, it's a tall order. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And in verse 18, give thanks. Words like always, continually, all. Did you know that these are commands? Paul is not saying, you know, it might be a good thing for you to be joyful once in a while. <laughs> it's okay to, you know, just, just pray maybe once a week. That's, that's good enough. And it's okay to, you know... <laughs> Maybe Thanksgiving is the only day you really need to be thankful. The commands are as stated. Rejoice always. Don't water that down. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. This differentiates us from unbelievers. We know that God is sovereign. We know that we belong to, the, to our Heavenly Father. We know that Jesus died for us. That He shed His blood for us. We know that we are in His family. And that our lives are in His hands. We know that. And so, we can trust God to do what's right and good. And so in all circumstances, we can be thankful because God is orchestrating all things.
that come to pass. I was reading a sermon by a pastor, and I like to do that from time to time. It gives me uh, some um, information to include in sermons. This was his title, Thanksgiving or Complaining. Thanksgiving or Complaining. And this is the statement he made. He said, in my opinion, and I think it's mine too, but he made the statement. In my opinion, few sins are as ugly to God as the sin of complaining. Few sins are as ugly to God as the sin of complaining. Can you remember back when you were a child? Maybe this has never happened to you. Maybe it has. And you're sitting down at the dinner table. And your mother brings a wonderful meal and sets it on the table. And you say, are we having this again? You know, human nature hasn't changed much, has it? If we go back, way back into the Old Testament, we, we find a group of people called the Israelites. And one day they were free from Egyptian bondage and they come to the desert and all they did was complain. We're thirsty, God. So God caters to their need. They find a place of water in Marah. It was bitter and Moses gets this piece of wood and throws it into the bitter waters and it turns sweet. We're hungry, God. And God in his graciousness, he, he provides them with manna. Bread from heaven. Can you imagine for 40 years, for 40 years while they wandered in the desert, God freely, graciously gave them manna. And every morning they went out and they saw this white stuff on the ground. And at first they didn't know what it was. They said, what is this? The word manna actually means, what is this? But all they had to do, they didn't have to go out and shoot it. They didn't have to go out and plant their crops. All they had to do is just gather it up in the morning and eat it through the day. They weren't to save any till the next day it would mold and rot because God was teaching them trust. But the next day in the morning, they go out and they just gather up again. A great miracle of God. And then one day they said, are we having this again? That's what they said, right? That was, that was the nation of Israel. That was the nation of Israel. They went through life grumbling and griping and complaining. Well, the word is actually murmuring. In the Bible. And this pastor said one of the ugliest sins is the sin of complaint. When you're complaining, you're not thankful. When you're complaining, you're not being thankful in all circumstances, right? You can't do both. You can't be thankful and complain at the same time. And what is the command? Be thankful. Be thankful. You know, I think Israel had gotten used to their blessings. And God blessed them greatly. And God was so gracious to the nation of Israel. But after a while, they, they get used to all of that. And, and the wonder is gone. And, and what was once a daily miracle every morning, it became just a routine occurrence. But maybe we get used to the blessings of God as well. You know, God has blessed us as a nation. I think it's this Friday is Veterans Day. And God has blessed us as a nation. I know not everything is great, but it's not all bad. You are free. You are free. Imagine that blessing that we take for granted. Right? We take that so much for granted that we can leave our homes on Sunday morning and drive in our cars and come to church and sit here unmolested. 
What a blessing God has given to us. Our material wealth in this country is the greatest of any nation. And yet we complain. We want more. We want more. And think about the complaining that goes around in the home. We take for granted clean clothes, nourishing meals, money to pay the bills. And what about the matter of our own personal Christian life? God has given us one of the greatest blessings and privileges of prayer. And yet after a certain period of time, the blessing wears off and it becomes a dull routine. Thanksgiving or complaining. It seems like when we stop viewing these things as blessings that have come from God himself, then we start to gripe. Then we start to complain. And this sin against God is an ugly thing. We're to rejoice always. I know this is a tall task. It really is. Rejoice always, Paul said. Always. Pray continually. And give thanks in every and all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. You know, people will ask me, you know, I, I just wish I knew the will of God. And I know what they're referring to, you know, specifics. Should I take this job? Should I buy this car? But you know what we should be doing is saying, okay, here's what I know is God's will. <laughs> Do this, and then you'll begin to discover the specifics. Do what you already know. You already know this morning that you are to rejoice and pray and give thanks. For this is the will of God. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. And I want you to listen to the words. And I, I know, you know, sometimes these songs, they become pretty familiar. And um, we don't always listen, you know, to what is actually being said. But this is the song on page 571, Thanks to God for my Redeemer. And I want to read through this before we sing it. 571, and it's very interesting, the things that he mentions that we should be thankful for. The good, the bad, and yes, sometimes even the ugly. Thanks to God for my Redeemer. Thanks for all thou dost provide. Thanks for times now but a memory. Thanks for Jesus by my side. Thanks for pleasant, balmy springtime. Thanks for dark and dreary fall. All right, now today, <laughs> you need to be thankful for this balmy day. Thanks for tears by now forgotten. Thanks for peace within my soul. Thanks for prayers that thou hast answered. Thanks for what thou dost deny. Thanks for storms that I have weathered. Thanks for all thou dost supply. Thanks for pain and thanks for pleasure. Thanks for comfort in despair. Thanks for grace that none can measure. Thanks for love beyond compare. Thanks for the roses by the wayside, but thanks also for the thorns their stems contain. Thanks for homes and thanks for fireside. Thanks for hope, that sweet refrain. Thanks for joy and thanks for sorrow. Thanks for heavenly peace with thee. Thanks for hope in the tomorrow. Thanks through all eternity. Let's stand and sing this, and having read the words, now we'll sing them, and think of all of these things that are mentioned to be thankful 
in all things. Thanks to God for my Redeemer. Thanks for all thou dost provide. Thanks for time, but now a memory. Thanks for Jesus by my side. Thanks for pleasant, balmy springtime. Thanks for dark and dreary fall. For tears by now forgotten, it's for peace within my soul. Thanks for prayers thou hast answered, it's for what thou dost deny. Thanks for storms that I have weathered, it's for all thou dost supply. For pain and thanks for pleasure, hurt in despair. It's for grace that none can measure. It's for love compare. Thanks for roses by the wayside. It's for thorns their stems contain. Thanks for fireside, thanks for hope, that sweet refrain. Thanks for joy and thanks for sorrow. Thanks for hand, peace with thee. Thanks for hope, the tomorrow. Father, we know it's only because of your spirit that lives within us that we have the ability to be able to be thankful in all things. But Father, Paul tells us this is a fruit of the spirit. This is something that is produced within us. Father, the world is watching. And so, Lord, as we move through life, I pray that people might see in us a joy a thankfulness that draws them to the person of Christ. Forgive us, Lord, for losing sight of the wonderful blessings that you have poured out upon us in every way. Forgive us when we gripe, when we murmur, when we are not thankful. For, Father, the two cannot go together. So we thank you this morning for all of these things that we have just sung. Pain, sorrow, pleasant things, balmy things. In all situations, in all circumstances, Lord, help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.